Okay. Welcome back to the podcast. We are Zahar and Lucas. Um, we're back for another episode. We have hockey. Preseason hockey. hockey played. Um, Seattle is officially their first season game. They have their first goal and they have their first W. I guess the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> That, um, that's just a that's a, that's a very funny thing um it's just funny because it's like a it's because that's gonna be a rivalry like they're yep. they're like they're like uh toronto and detroit like it's that's about as, uh, how far away it is between yeah. vancouver and seattle um also toronto has played hockey um so i don't we'll talk about that um i might be back on the bus again I got off for a couple stops and got down one season preseason game and I'm back. I watched one preseason game and I was like, I'm back. Let's do yes. it. I yes. My- okay. Okay. I'm going to be right here, right here. I have my Matthews jersey. I'm currently holding my Matthews jersey. This thing has been crumpled in my closet since uh, May 30th, 2021. And it's back out and it's, and you're, it's allowed to stay again. Because I'm, yeah. for some reason, that game. So if we're going to get into preseason, pre- it meant nothing. I'm usually that person that's like, who cares? It's just the preseason. But I saw that and I went, shit, they did it to me again. They did it to me again. Those yep. assholes did it to me again. Yep. Um, I'm, I forgave them in a way. I'm not mad at them anymore. Um, uh, am I a little upset? Definitely. Am I disappointed? I am. But I'm not mad anymore. But. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, like, I'll never, that's I'll never forget said. it. I'll that's never what we said. It, yeah, that's what we like. That's what we said. Like, oh, like, if you go listen back to like the podcast, like as like the day after the thing, we were upset, pissed off, but like we weren't mad at them. We were disappointed in them, and that was that's just that's what it is. It's the worst thing. It's like what your parents do. It's like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's worse than them being mad at you. And I, I, yeah, yeah, um, I'm still kind of disappointed. Uh, I I'm am too. But but I, I I watched the preseason and there there were a couple of guys that I I were really I was really impressed with. Um I I think the guy that's that's that spoke out to me most like I thought William Nylander looked absolutely unbelievable. Dude, he went flying past the entire team and almost scored. I don't know if Montreal was playing all their defensemen. I know Jeff Petrie was was there. I don't even know if he was on the ice, but I, I know I know he might have been blowing past some you know AHL guys, which that's okay. You, you can just play the which it's on both of sides of, of the ice. It's it's thing. It's I I was very confused because I, I was looking at the like just the highlights, and I'm like, who are these people? Like I don't know half these players <laughs> so, that are on the ice. There was a, there were number eighteen. So the entire time, I'm like number eighteen's playing who. Who the hell is that? Who the hell is that? It was Michael Amadio who like is gonna be like on the Marlies. Like he's yeah. he, like yeah. like it was someone who like I wasn't really paying attention to. And then I was like, I'm noticing 18 a lot. Like he's doing really well. And I'm just like, oh, it's you know, it's this guy. Like it's like, just it's, a nobody. Preseason's so hard. Preseason's yeah. so hard. But um like the John Tavares. I, I really liked Neander. Yeah, um the John Tavares line was on. Um and then Mikhaev's line was there, kind of, sort of, combined. Well, was Kerfoot playing? I thought I saw him. Yeah, so might, that's, I, the, I think he played. that's the Tavares line. So, oh, yeah, yeah, and Nylander yeah. were on the Oh, John, Johnny scored a goal. Oh, it made, yeah. made, my, made my heart, my heart um, sing. But I think the biggest thing that I want to talk about, seeing fans again. Oh, my God. Yeah, I... seeing fans was great. 
Oh my god, it made me it made me so happy to see like no fake noises. No fake noises. Season. You know what it is? I I really think that we as a as a province and as a country are really starting to get back together. And it's really it, it really makes me happy to see just stuff like that where we're we're starting to get back to what we what we loved to do. And it's uh and that's and that was just a sign to like to t- almost ten thousand people there. Um just just yeah. great. Just great to see. I was yeah, so, was good I to was see so happy to see it. And yeah, everyone was kind of in lighter spirits, which was good to see. Um, so from that game, Ian Scott has re-injured his groin uh, and will miss some time. So that sucks uh, for I him. So- I feel Michael, sorry for him because I really did. Michael, God damn it. I just blanked on the last uh, Bunting? Bunting? No. Um, or goal. Oh, Michael Hutchinson. Michael Hutchinson. Michael, yeah, Michael Hutchinson played fine, I guess, for what he played. Um, um, and then there were penalty shootouts for some reason. Um, after they the do game, it on the preseason, and it's so weird. It's it's like it's four one, and then the next clip I see on my like for you page or whatever by recommended is Montreal Toronto penalty shootouts, and so yeah, I guess so. The Leafs won both the game and the shootout. They won so twice for them. They, they won twice. Good for them. Um. No, it's 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 a it's a weird thing they do in the post. Uh, sorry, in the preseason, where like I don't know to get to get a sense of how they are on breakaways. Like it's just it's just because it's for like like preseasons for kids. It's very much for like you know yeah yeah fun. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. Was was there anyone was there anyone on the on the Leafs that like you, you weren't expecting to do well? Kind of did well. Everyone was excited on Twitter. Everyone was excited about Michael Bunting. He scored. He looks good. And then, um, God damn it, who's that guy that fought? Curtis Gabriel. Um, yeah, Curtis Gabriel. He Yo, was that also kid might, pretty that kid good. might make the team. Yeah, so kind of a few surprising. Michael Bunting was – I was expecting him to put out a good game. But um, we, there is another game tonight. So um, against Montreal – I think against Montreal in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see how the thing – there's like I think Makayev – who else was there? Uh, I, I can, I can, I can, I can pull. I'll pull up the list. At least just, at least just put it out. Uh, yeah, ago. yeah. So, so, um, so the public relations. Released. One second. Okay, Leafs PR. Uh, so, all right. So, guys to really look out for in terms of like, oh, and there's someone else we got to talk about. Guys, guys to look out for in terms of like, you know, the starters. I guess so. Adam Brooks is in SDA. Uh, like Simeon Durarkachensev is going to be there. Nikita yeah. Gusev, David Kampf, Andre Kasha, Marner, Mikhaev, Nick Ritchie, uh, and and Wayne Simmons. Uh, there's some other guys. There's some other guys there like Joey Anderson, but uh, those are really the guys that you should be looking out for. And then on defense, uh, Carl Dahlstrom is gonna is gonna slot in. Travis Dermott, uh, Justin Hall, Timu Kimi Halme, who's always been up and down. Uh, uh, Brennan uh, Brennan Manel. Uh, Right, Morgan Riley, Kristen Rubens, and William Villeneuve, who just signed a contract, and uh, Campbell and Morazic are going to play. Uh, are going to split half half of the. Okay, the so game. Campbell and Morazic is probably one of the biggest takeaways, and uh, Nick Ritchie maybe from the from like this game, and we'll see how that they perform and how it goes. Um, I, I want to talk about. Uh, I thought Josh Hosang for what he for what he was doing uh, in that game looked pretty well. I know he was on he was on the power play a lot. He was playing he was playing with John Tavares. Uh, uh, for a guy in a in PTO, the bump, 
was it the bumper position? Yeah, it was a bumper position, like in front of the not in front of the net, but like in the middle slot in front of the net. So for a guy that's um, for a guy that's really trying to look for a contract, for a guy who's looking up, who's on a PTO and who doesn't necessarily have a team, uh, I thought he played well, and I, I I I'm really in his corner. Someone who hasn't had the best of luck when it comes to um, when it comes to NHL uh, a consistent NHL career, and you know. Part of, part of that, I'm not going to say, isn't his fault. There's definitely been some uh, maturity issues, but I think that he's learned, and I hope that he, uh, his play on the ice and his play, and his personality off the ice will dictate that he can, uh, he can stay in the NHL and he can be a player in this league. So, like, I, I, I was just busy on, um, on Saturday or whatever, so, like, I, I shot my first wedding. I was filming my first wedding, so that was fun. So I didn't have I didn't watch the entire game, but from highlights and just from the power play clips that I saw, he looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's gonna get a contract. I don't know if it's with the Leafs. It'd be great with the Leafs, but we just have so many guys that are pl- like trying to fight for position right now that it's I don't know where he fits in that. And also with the Gustav um, like PTO, it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays and if he's up to the caliber of just being a regular player. Or he's going to just go either back to Russia or just side somewhere else. Uh, and also another thing to look out for is is the newly aligned power play that the Leafs put in with um, with their new yeah. coach who's with their new coach whose name I can't remember, but that's okay. Uh, they they're putting they're putting Marner at the bumper position uh, today at least. I don't know if that's going to be a, a whole an actual like the entire season thing, but uh, their their new power play will I, I hope looks good, but I think we should really pay attention to the preseason when the Leafs get power play opportunities on how this new, this new format looks. And I was saying this to my dad, um, you know, it's the, you know, it's the, the preseason when Nick Robertson and William Nylander are playing penalty kill. <laughs> and I think, I Dude, think that's another guy that I should make like, the team. Yeah. Nick Robertson on the power play. I liked how he looked because he's a shooter. So he looks like Austin that, Matthews. Yeah. He's a shooter. Nylander still has a shot. And, um, yeah, so I liked how that looked. So uh, Marner in the bumper position, playing between uh, playing between Matthews and Robertson would be an interesting look for this power. It would. Um, if, honestly, like if Robertson doesn't make the doesn't make the team, or or Keith doesn't think that he could that he could really play a lot of minutes. Honestly, just put him on the power play. Put him on the power play. First power or second unit, I don't line. care. Put him on the power play. That's like let that shot just rain out because that yeah. that guy has a wicked shot that I know that I know that he has one. Uh, yeah. And another thing I want to see from the power play, which I think we're going to see hopefully, is is just I, I want to see I want to see someone from the point just bomb it on the net, just get just get the puck to the net, just just Muzzin I scored. know Muzzin looked good. I really like Muzzin. I, I know Muzzin it wasn't a power play goal. Muzzin low key has a really nice shot. Yep. He's and then re- really has a good that. shot. Yeah. And um, I-, I know Standine can rip it from the point. Riley can. I haven't, I haven't seen, I haven't seen a bomb from Riley in a long time, but I know that Sandine's got a bomb. Muzzin, like I said, has a bomb. There's, I want to, I want to see some, some semblance of a, of sort of, you know, bombs from the point along with your, you know, your one timers from the, from the side, because I know that I know Matthews was an incredible shot. But yeah. the point, but point shots, I think, should be a should be a point for the Leafs to work on. 
Yeah. So that's what we got from um, the Leafs' first game. Um, Seattle plays their first preseason game. Uh, they beat Vancouver, so uh, they got their first W. Um, it was I, I watched the highlights. It looked like a fun game to watch. It was just mm-hmm. a back and forth. Is that their stadium? I assume so. I assume You're so. Assume- oh, okay. Because like they uh, had a weird logo on the ice, and I don't know if that's um, they're like. I, I don't think that was their. Um, their their actual ice, like their actual arena. Yeah. Was, if I'm gonna be honest, um, I was I was watching uh, Green Bay and completely um, oh, okay. uh, grinding my teeth last night. Uh, thank God they won on a last second field goal. But I did I did not I only saw the highlights just like you. Okay. I was yeah. right. That isn't their arena. Okay. They're playing Spokane Arena. Why? No idea. Is there, are, is there uh, maybe their arena's not ready yet? Maybe. Yeah, they were playing in Spokane. So isn't there a AHL team in Spokane? Uh, maybe. The oh, only Spokane okay. team thing that I can think of is like the Spokane Chiefs, who I think were a WHL team or maybe still are a WHL team. That could be the reason. Maybe they're just playing in that arena right now. But I, uh, maybe their arena is not ready. I, I'm, I'm, I'm confused too. But uh, I, yeah, don't, so I they, don't know. Yeah, they did not play in their home arena. Okay, I was rare. I think it might be the, where the Chiefs play. But, um, yeah, very confused why they weren't playing in theirs. But I guess maybe they want to save it for like the first, uh, for the first game of the year, to for the maybe. excitement or whatever. So. That, that that would make that would that, that does make a lot of sense though if that were yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you see any of the other games in the preseason? Nothing I really happened. Did not really. I I, I know that Pierre Luc Dubois got like completely cross checked in the face yesterday between uh, the and Sens they're and... gonna they're gonna have a hearing on that. So we'll we'll see the results of that. And I think there was another hearing for the Edmonton uh, player on the Edmonton Oilers or Calgary between that game. Someone got um, what? There was a game between uh, Edmonton and Calgary that was chippy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's literally every single game that they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I want to just just okay. NHL player safety. It's funny how NHL player safety has a Twitter account, but like they actually don't know how to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, no. The other thing was in a was in a Washington game against uh, Boston, and then it was the oh okay, and then it was Ottawa and. Uh, uh, Winnipeg, yeah. So, so yeah, th- there were two. Got we're back in this. We are back in the swing of things in the NHL. Literally, first yep. week we already we already have player here. First couple days, first playing hearings, good to go. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about a, a couple other things that came around the league. Um, Henry, uh, New York Rangers are uh, announced. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, number thirteen, will be retired on January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. So I'm assuming just it's going to be a game that night and then it'll be retirement. Uh, Doug Armstrong is back with the St. Louis Blues as president and GM for the next five years or for five more years. What do you think of that? Uh, D- Doug Armstrong it basically made the moves to help the Blues win the Stanley Cup. He has yep. he has helped that franchise in many different ways. But signed the... Uh, what's your goal again? Oh, Bennington. Um, Bennington to a five-year contract, and Bennington looks worse every single year that he is. Uh, Since that he, Stanley Cup run, he's just been he declining has not, every single year. 
he has not been a good he has not been a great goalie until game since game seven 2019 against the Bruins. Yeah. That was the last time he was a good goalie. And he's been declining ever since. So we'll see how that goes. Um Logan Brown is uh, got traded to Seattle for Zach Stanford, uh, Sanford, and a conditional uh, pick that will be removed if um, Brown plays thirty NHL games. Uh, so who? What, what, uh, what was the other team involved in that trade? Oh, Seattle. Sorry. So Seattle so and Logan who? Brown to Seattle, and then Ottawa. Uh, oh, Ottawa. Zach, okay, okay. Zach Stan- Sanford, and then a conditional pick. Okay, so I, I I I thought it was Ottawa. All right. Uh, yes, de- depth moves. Um, Logan Brown sounds familiar. Uh, he might be something, but I he literally just signed like a one year contract with uh, Ottawa. That's that's so weird when players just when players sign and they're just like bye bye, we're trading you. <laughs> that is yeah. that is always very very weird and very strange. Um. So moving on to Buffalo. Um. We've agreed to terms with – oh, sorry. This is the tweet. Uh, Rasmus Sandin gets a three-year contract with an average AAV of $6 million, And Jack Eichel is no longer captain. I don't think we covered that last week. Uh, um, it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, what is going on in Buffalo? Rasmus Delian, I guess, wants to stay – wants to stay uh, in – Buffalo for some reason. I mean, um, it's good. That, it's does... good that they had one player stay with them. It's good that they had one player, and I don't hate the deal that much. From okay, from Darlene's perspective, uh, not the. I don't like. I was. I wasn't expecting him to leave Buffalo. I wasn't. I was expecting him to sign. And what is what is good is that in Buffalo's case, he signed that he signed this bridge deal. Might have been a little too much money, but but hey, you got to do what you you got to do what you got to do in order to keep bodies around. Okay, from the player's point of view and from the situation he's put in, it's not too much money. No, it's not. But it's not. But you have to overpay in Buffalo. It's a Buffalo tax, like people keep saying. It's the Buffalo tax. Yeah. Um. So, and another thing for Buffalo is since it's a bridge deal, after three years, he's still an RFA, so he can't just you know go into unrestricted free agency. So, yeah. it is a. It is a it is a big it is a win for the Buffalo Sabres and they haven't had many recently. Yep. Um, we talked last week how there are some RFAs that will um, that may potentially just hold out as long as possible. Like the the still so we had we had two of our five last week. Uh, we still have three big names that aren't signed. Two of them from yep. the Canucks. Yep. Two two from the Canucks and then from all Ottawa, Canadian too. teams. All Canadian Canadian teams. Teams. So, so with, when it comes to the Vancouver thing, we have to touch upon um, Jack Eichel, but okay, we'll talk about this for a bit. Um, when it comes to the Canadian teams, or Vancouver in particular, they have like $13 million to get um, those two players under contract, and I don't know how you do it. Okay, they have the same agent, so you can't take one deal to one player and then take another deal to another player and negotiate like, and then try to bump both of them down saying that, Oh, they're getting this. So can you take this? So it's the same uh, negotiator for both, which is going to be, I think harder than having two different camps. Um, And I don't think they're going to sign until they have something on their table and they're going to have to make a move. Vancouver's going to have to make a move to clear up cap space to get those two players signed. Well, 
I think I think one thing about them being represented by the same guy is or the sorry the same the same company will be that I think both contracts will be announced at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's a given that both contracts will be done at, at the same time. But getting the both. But when contracts, will that day be? Yeah, and getting those two contracts to work together is going to be interesting. So let's like Rasmus Delhi, six million dollars for a three year contract. I think um, Jack Hughes. Uh, is it Jack? Quinn. Qu- yeah, Quinn Hughes is better than Rasmus uh, Rasmus Dillian. So he's like, I want more than six million. Give me seven for three years, then. And what Elias Patterson? And then that leaves you with less- six million. Decide Elias Patterson, who's more important to that team than Quinn Hughes is. Yes, and he's a uh, wait. Is he a center or is he a wing? I think he's a center. I think so, he's a centerman too. So that's so, again add on another two million dollars. So that's. He, he's asking bare minimum eight and eight and six is um is 14 and i don't think they have that no actually he's gonna be he's gonna be asking for more than six million because he's better than rasmus billy so seven so seven and eight that's 15 16 depending on how much uh, extra they take over that cap hit and they're not going to be able to fit this. They're going to have to trade someone unless someone magically gets LTIR. But I don't know about that. I, I, I'm just... See, sh- should I believe Jim Benning when he says they're close? Because that's what he said. He said something along those lines that yeah, he but doesn't then the think brother it's a problem. Spoke, the brother spoke. Oh, right. So we talked about Matthew Kachuk last week about about how now what he said was like i don't think they're that close okay what jack hughes said literally on one of the biggest stages in canadian broadcasting when it comes to sports on tim and arguably arguably the biggest show the biggest sports the biggest show in the biggest primetime slot on tv and radio. He said that. <laughs> he, said, he said that. What was the quote? Here, let me uh, find it. Man, can you honestly just? It's. I. I swear, it's probably like on on the on the YouTube on the YouTube's. It's probably on the on their uh, YouTube channel. You might even just be able to play it. It's. It's a very interesting quote. It is a very very interesting quote that I did not think would come out of uh, his mouth. I. I don't. It, it was okay, something. Oh, it's it, something along the lines of like Quinn deserves every penny. Okay, and the thing is, like when he, he said something on the lines of like when you play on one of the worst teams, your defense will will look bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I was um, I was shocked. Very interesting. Um, very interesting quote. Be- based on like based on really nothing i don't understand how he can talk about it when his team is the new okay, jersey devils second. yeah the new jersey devils i don't understand how Dude, he if, can, you, if, you, um... if you can't if you can't find it that's that's fine like i put you I, I, got it, I got it i got it i got okay. it all right we're, we're waiting quinn in vancouver is waiting on a deal and don't worry i'm not going to ask for the inside track, no matter how many Canucks fans tweet yeah. into the show, I will leave that alone. But does seeing what he's going through right now make you think about your own extension, or can you just focus on hockey right now? 
Yeah, just for me, I think I'm just going to focus on the game. Let that, let my, let my planning do the talking. Um, see how the year goes. But you know, Quinn, he he's deserved the money he should get. Um, you know, he's had two pretty pretty good years. I know last year, he uh, people were talking about his defense and and his dashes. But you know, when you play on one of the worst teams in the division and in the league, um, that's bound to happen. So. Uh, I think he's just waiting now. I know, I know he loves Vancouver and he wants to he wants to play there, but but the number has to be right. So uh, we'll see we'll see when that gets done. <laughs> wow! Well, quote of the season already. Hard uh, on. We had a couple. Like, just... we, we've already had a couple like great quotes that just like. Like the season hasn't even started yet, and we've had some great quotes, which is just jokes. But one of the worst teams in the division, I understand that part. The one with the league, I don't know about that, buddy. Like you're the New Jersey Devils were, I think, five or six slots below the Vancouver Canucks. So I think you gotta ease up about that. Mm-hmm. But the division quote, I understand. The other thing. Not really, but he just shot they were, fired shots at literally the entire team. They were one of the worst teams in the in a division that is your that was arguably the worst division. It wasn't. Our it, division was the greatest division. It was the greatest we had, division. We had the we had a team go all the way to the finals. Not the team we expected, but a team went to the finals. For fuck's sakes, and Montreal. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it, but like Tampa won the cup, and they were in by far the worst division. Like the Central Division was very, yeah, very bad. Yeah, the North Division wasn't as bad as everyone said that it was. But okay, whatever, we'll get past it. But that like the Canucks Jack- were in, the Canucks were in what was arguably a bad division, mm-hmm. and were one of the last. What was a team that did not qualify in one of the worst divisions. So uh, the Ottawa Senators would have made the playoffs if the if the, they played a full season in that division. Yes. So that quote isn't necessarily wrong. However, if Jack played for the Carolina Hurricanes, the Pittsburgh literally Penguins, any team that made the playoffs, any team that made the playoffs, I would support it a lot more. But buddy, you play for the New Jersey Devils. And they're still in like the whole rebuild phase because like, and then they signed uh, they Dougie signed Dougie Hamilton, to to a, a, a boatload of money, but and, and then they were talking about and then they're talking about uh, Jack's new contract, which like, and then look at all these. Okay, so I'm looking at New Jersey's cap friendly at, at the moment. They have they have a buttload of RFA's that they need to, to resign. Oh my goodness! Yep. So next year they have seven RFA's on the forward core that need to be resigned. Um, Jack, but they Jack are Hughes, a young team, so like that's that's not a problem. It's getting them under numbers that is reasonable. Mm-hmm. Andreas Johnson is definitely gone because he's gonna because they're gonna have to move that cap cap space. Uh, PK okay, PK Subban being gone at the end of the year will help because the nine million. Oh the yeah, nine, that's because the nine that's, million. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I I think Jack Hughes this year like. If you're the New Jersey Devils, do you see that and get worried about the contract negotiation? Like, oh, like what he's talking about his brother? Like when he talks about his brother, he's like, wow, he's saying that. Imagine what happens when when we have to when we have to negotiate with him. Well, I don't know. I think as like 
I think it's easier to speak for, about someone else's problems than your own. So I want, it'll be interesting to see how like uh, Quinn talks about Jack's negotiations or maybe Jack doesn't even go this far. Like he, he just signs whatever the deal is and he's happy with it and doesn't have to like uh, stretch it out like um, Quinn does. Because if you look at it, like uh, New Jersey Devils are in a position where they can give more money for a younger player. And um, Vancouver is just so like cap struck and just like in such a cap crunch that they have to figure something out because. Um, and also, and also when it comes to, when it comes to Jack Hughes, I haven't been extremely impressed by his play. I think Jack Hughes is a very, very great player and it has the yeah. potential have not been over the moon, you know, yeah. uh, floored by his, by his, by his play. Compared so this will be, be a big year for him if he really wants yeah. to cash out. Yeah. Compared to the previous first round picks, he's nothing special. Exactly. But we had this conversation before where I think that we in the last decade have been just completely spoiled with first with first overall picks. Yep. Because in the yep. past decade, just okay, if we're gonna go from the two thousand starting from two thousand ten, you had Taylor Hall. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov. We're not going to co- count that, but like, yep. So Nathan McKinnon, who who just who's who was a runner up to win the the Hart Trophy. Uh, yep. Aaron Eckblad is a different story, but then okay, 2015, McDavid, and then Matthews the next year, and then like like you have you've been so ben, spoiled. Was it Rasmus Dillian after that? Rasmus Dillian was a couple years later, and then like that's what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, Alexi Lafreniere. When I was like. Yep. When I was I was I was saying something on the lines of just because he's not the greatest player in his rookie year does not mean bum. Yeah. Because people but are being also, like, oh, look at this boss who plays for the Rangers. I think I think another thing when it comes to the the Lafreniere situation is I think there was something weird with the coaching and that just entire team of not putting their players in a position to succeed. Because Capo Caco went second overall there. And he hasn't really done anything. I've never heard. I didn't really hear anything. You don't see any crazy goals or anything. So I don't think he's been mm-hmm. in a position to succeed. Uh, those two players aren't being put in a position to succeed. Like that should be a dynamic duel right there. But it should be. It should be. And I think what we should all, as hockey fans, pay attention to is the New York Rangers and if the Washington Capitals destroyed that franchise. Yep. Ryan Reeves was showing his young st- young players how to punch. And I'm like, what? Really? I, I, I missed that. Oh, I, I saw it. It's, it was on Twitter or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, shouldn't your young players be practicing how to play hockey or just practicing hockey, not how to no, fight? Because what if Tom because... Wilson, what if Tom Wilson has me in a full Nelson and punches me in the face? And I have just to picks know you how up to and drops you. Yeah. I have to know so how is to it Ryan myself. Reeves supposed to be there to protect you from, from you having to punch? So yeah, that was that was. Interesting but I want to defend see, myself. Oh my funny. god, I hope, I hope they don't they don't screw themselves. But there's a potential that they could definitely screw themselves. They can definitely screw themselves. But like, I don't. I kind of want them to succeed with the players that too. they have. But when the we'll biggest media goes. market always succeeds, the league does well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but not when the Leafs succeed, because but if not, they, when, they, but that was not true, when the Leafs. There, the league would be rigged for the Leafs to actually win something. Uh-huh. And they don't. So, all right. So on to the next contract extension that was that was uh, signed. Um, 
Yeah. So I just, I don't think we have much to say about this one, but uh, Elvis Lincoln signs a five-year $27 million contract. So that just, they have their goalie of the future, I guess, for the next five years in Columbus. So Columbus is going to be interesting when it comes to line A because he signed that one-year deal and he's probably going to get traded in the, um, uh, well, the deadline. Line A said, I'm pretty sure on media day that he played like shit last year. He, I'm pretty sure he legitimately said that he played like shit. Yeah, but you signed a one-year contract and you're probably your team's not going to be very good. So you're probably going to get traded. Uh... Um, but another thing, we talked about this last season, last week. We talked about it a lot last week. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov um, signs a five-year contract at $9 million. Um, What do you think of it? They get the deal done. He isn't going to Russia for five years until when that contract gets up, and then he's going back to Russia. The same thing as when, uh, when Matthew's contract is up, he's going to Arizona. So Kaprizov is staying in Minnesota. Minnesota looks fun. Um, it's going to look like they're going to have another interesting year. And um, yeah, five years with that nine million. And the cap structure is really weird. So it's like it's like five million first year. Then it's like thirteen or 10, 10, then fifteen, and then fifteen. So it's like a weird, really weirdly structured contract. So um, when it comes to Krill's contract, I. Am, I'm not the biggest fan of it when it comes to Minnesota because this guy has played 56 NHL games and you gave him $9 million for five years. Yes, but but he could be the next Panarin. You're, he could. And I could jump out this window and land on my feet without breaking my legs. There's a possibility. If you're on the second floor, the possibility of that happening is very likely. So do it. Okay. I'm, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was probably the worst. That was probably the worst. A bad analogy. However, I, I understand that this is, a, this is a semblance of I have faith in this guy. And from what I saw, there's, there's a really good chance that Krill, there's a better chance that Krill turns out that I don't break my legs. You know, you know? Yes. <laughs> so yeah. there's a better chance of that happening, but giving him a lot of, a lot of the cap, 11% giving him 11% of the cap for those 50 after just seeing 56 games, and especially, especially five years. Like you said, it's the Matthews contract. It's the Matthews contract, just minus a couple of million. And if you're going to make fun of Matthews, then make fun of this one too, because he's a UFA at the end of this one too. He's, he's, he's not in the biggest hockey market. That's exactly. why he's not going to get made fun of. And, for them. It's going to be known as long extension for Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. Um, so their cap structure, the Minnesota Wilds, is fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. Because it's going to be interesting to see how they get like go around this cap structure. You're you're going to touch upon it, but like it's just going to be fascinating to see how this GM is going to work around. This. So Bill Guerin has this year, this one year to actually go for it. And then the next three years, he is effed. He is Mm -hmm. screwed. Um, So the first year of Krill's contract, they actually can contend. The next three years, they can't. And his last year, they can actually contend. So if they don't win the cup this year... Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Sorry. So if they don't win the cup this year, the next three years are just are just, just don't matter. 
and then the last year of Krill's contract. And I think that's why, I think that really is why five years is way too short because of the, because of your Parise and Suter buyouts. Those yeah. are significant uh, percentages of the cap that are going to be taken up to where you cannot spend money. So I know that you're, I know you're banking on the cap going up. We saw. They they projected the cap. They projected the cap that that goes up $1 million. So so next year, let's say we have 82 and a half. Before the pandemic, it was, it was targeted that the, that the next, that the, that the 2020, 2021 season would have a cap somewhere between 84 and 88 million dollars and then what happened so there there is definitely a possibility that the cap couldn't go maybe doesn't go up or doesn't go as doesn't go up as much as you want it to so i i'm i'm just i'm just not i'm just not in love with this contract because of years two three and four and they have nothing to do with krill kaprizov it has to do with those stupid buyouts that that yeah. will that will negate you from basically, you know, buying or doing anything that will make your team better because those are what do we say boat anchor con they're basically boat anchor contracts. That's yeah. what they are, a boat anchor, yeah. boat anchor buyouts. That yeah. that those are the Eric Carlson contracts. Yep. So but- that's why I'm not in love with this. I think it's I think it's a definite win for Minnesota because they have a hard time attracting attracting talent. Yeah. So it's good to get it done. Years two, three, and four, I think, are gonna be rough. But I think as long I think as as long as he's there, the team is gonna be somewhat competitive and it's gonna be interesting to watch. It's gonna be fun to watch because he was a fun player last year and lots of highlights, lots of highlight goals and stuff. So he's gonna be fun to watch. And I think a lot of players might take a smaller deal to go play with a fun player like that. So we'll see how, um, we'll see how that whole Minnesota thing turns out. Um, we, we talked about the Sabres briefly, but did talk about the captaincy. Yeah. So Jack Eichel loses captaincy. Um, he's still, I don't think he reported to camp. I think he might've reported camp, but he didn't pass the physical. So they don't have a captain anymore. They're probably just going to have to sit on a $10 million player. They probably have to sit at their best player. Um, so I, what do they do? I have like, what is Buffalo just going to, what? They're just going to sit and wait for the, for him to like get his feelings together or something so that he, he wants to play. Together. Like, like, I don't know like what they're going to do. All right, but so I, I have heard a very, very interesting thing when it comes to um, when it, so when it comes to Jack Eichel's injury. So I'm going to send you current. I will send you this, and I want you to I, and I want you to play it. It is a uh, it's a video basically breaking down uh, what what the what the strain is between the um, sabers and the uh, and and the, and Jack Eichel's camp. It is a it's a very interesting scenario when it comes to this neck surgery or this sorry this neck injury that is 
lagging um, Jack Eichel behind. So he wants some sort of surgery that isn't as proven as others while the Sabres want a safe surgery. That is really the gist of it. And so... Okay, sorry, where did you just send it? I I sent it to my Twitter. Um, So it's a very interesting dynamic and it's an interesting story. But... And Buffalo, I'm just so sorry for you because you do not deserve this. You don't deserve all of this, you know, this crap because Jack was supposed to be the savior and he is not. It's a very complicated scenario. And it's a it's something that is just very weird and very, very odd. Sorry, hey guys, Physio Mike here. Elliot Friedman news about Jack Eichel. He's not clear to play, failed his physical, and wants to decline spinal fusion surgery. To break this down for you, if someone's getting a spinal fusion surgery, a surgeon will put a metal plate and immobilize and fuse multiple vertebrae together. Jack Eichel wants a disc replacement surgery, not a fusion, and the benefits of this one is that he will not lose his range of motion. I imagine Buffalo wants a spinal fusion surgery because it will maintain the integrity of the spine and ensure a longer career for Jack. Although the disc replacement will give him more range of motion, it does come with its risks. It's a difficult spot for both parties. Hey guys, Yeah. So if you got something from that, it's like, if he gets the disc replacement surgery, they, they go and replace your discs in your back, which could cause paralysis, obviously, because all your nerves are in your neck. And the, the, the metal plate thing is safer and um, just limits your motion of turning, I'm assuming, to whatever degree of it than it was before. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they're in a like um between a rock and a hard place which i don't know like what so i'm gonna look at this from both so looking at this from from both perspectives let me look at it through jack's eyes jack's thinking how am i supposed to play hockey with a metal plate with a metal plate in my neck Mm -hmm. how am i supposed to rotate my body at a certain at a certain point you know how am i supposed to basically play hockey the way i do with a metal plate in my neck you know, like that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest concern from Jack Jack Eichel's party. Now, let me look at it through the Sabers' eyes. This disc replacement surgery is highly, uh, sorry, not not highly, but definitely definitely has them worried, and a lot is more not, risk than the than the plate, and it has a lot more risk than the plate. Anything that yeah. anything that has it's the it's the simple it's it's the thing of. Um, any surgery is a is a quick surgery, or sorry, any surgery is a simple surgery when you don't have it. You know, yeah. I, I probably paraphrased that, but it's a th- this disc replacement has a lot more risk to it, and the Sabers are thinking are thinking, what if something goes wrong? There is yep. a high, there is a chance that something could go wrong, and I I don't I didn't think that I would say this from the start, but I'm on the side of the Buffalo Sabers. It's because it's better to have a ten million dollar player that can some that can play eighty percent of what he used to, than it is to have a paralyzed player that can't play at all. Because and, with the disc replacement surgery, that's a possibility. 
that's a big possibility. And that's if you're uh, like if you're from the side of the Buffalo Sabres, you don't take that chance. You don't take that chance that he can never play for hockey ever again. I, I never thought I'd, I I thought I would be on Jack Eichel's team, but I'm not. I, I think that yeah. there's I think there's too much risk. Um, and here's and here's the thing. Let's say let's say it does go well. What's to say that uh, who's to say that he comes back and plays just as well as he did before? Yep. And like depending so on like in the both whole... ins- and recovery is like would he be able to get cross checked in the back and just move like move the same i mean you could say you could say the same with both injuries but all i'm saying is there's there's a risk to both of them there's less risk with the one that the sabers are offering than the one that jack eichel wants and so yeah. both in both instances he might he won't be the same he may not be the same player that he was yeah but that's in both instances even if you have the less risky surgery it's it's, it's like that it's the whole like it's the whole effect of what door do you choose in this door, you have I don't play at 100%. And at this door, you also have I don't play at 100%. But this yeah. one gives you more chance. This gives you 80%. This gives you 60%. You always, I'm assuming, want to take the higher percentage. But I think Jack Eichel wants to take this replacement to solve his problems long term, I guess. But then the the metal plate like thing, the fusion, spinal fusion, can prolong his career. So I, I don't know how this goes or how this works out. And, and again, I don't want to, um, I don't, I am not a, you know, I don't know anything about, you know, bones or, you know, like I'm not a doctor. I'm not. Yeah. Neither of us are doctors. We're both in media studies. So both this media is far studies. For them, I have but... friends in kinesiology. Maybe that, maybe that, maybe yeah. that, maybe, maybe that helps. But I, right. I'm really, I'm really confused as to why Jack really, really need, thinks that this surgery is the best, the best option. Yeah. Um, one more, one more thing I want to touch upon. Um, Nick Barton, friend of the show, um, said something about the All or Nothing series that you watched. Um, it'll leave you wanting more, but it provides a real image of what's it like behind the scenes. So, oh shit, it's gonna you know be interesting to, to see. You know what we forgot to do? We'll do it right now because who cares? We forgot to review the trashers. D- do you have time though? Do you? Because I do. I do. Yeah, I have time. Except, like, you have to go somewhere. I have until so. I have until three thirty. I have until three thirty. Oh, okay. All right. Do you want to do the thrashers, or do you want to just touch upon the um, the racial gesture incident? Let's let's do that first, and then we'll do the thrashers. Because because God, that was brutal. <laughs> um. So it was a racist ge- gesture presented you probably saw if you're on hockey twitter it was all over twitter um towards Jalen smerik um in the ukrainian hockey league so ukraine god damn it um and this was the same of the president of the international ice hockey federation um the ice uh, international ice hockey federation condemns the uh the uh, in the strongest possible terms the actions of andre denskin which was the player in the uh, opposing team? The well, before you Ukraine. before we before you go on, before you go on, we didn't really say what happened. So the context behind it is this oh, player. Sorry, yeah, yeah. This player basically, um, to a to a black. I don't know if it was a coach or a uh, or a manager. No, black player. A black. So to a black player. 
yeah. he mimicked unraveling a banana and eating it right in front of him. That's the yeah. that is the reason of this uh, of of all of this outrage. Yeah. Um, so this was the comment from the president of the IF, IIHF. Um, the IIHF condemns in the strongest possible terms the actions of Andre Denskin. Um, there is no place for such a blatantly racist and sport, unsportsmanlike uh, gesture in our sport and in society. This is a direct assault on ideals and values of our game, and we will ensure that all necessary ethical violation investigations occur to ensure that this behavior, behavior is sanctioned appropriately. So he didn't get suspended automatically. He didn't get kicked out of the thing. They're going to do an investigation. Um, I, this investigation shouldn't be that long. Um, and um, he, he did apologize. His apology was kind of just like, sorry to the people that were offended by this. And um, yeah, I don't like I don't know. It's it's disgusting, and it probably sh it should not be happening uh, in today's game. And um, and um, I, I'm yeah. just I'm so so disgusted personally. Um, is it just me, or did did you know that Ukraine had a hockey league? Because uh, I'm Ukrainian, and I just found out. I did not know they had a hockey. When surprised it was like a quick side note. Wouldn't surprise me if there's a Polish hockey league. Like it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't be surprise me if there was like some sort of Polish hockey league or Croatian hockey league. Um, yeah. I think I think Croatia had a team in the KHL for like a couple of years. But hold on, back to the back to the main topic. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, this this does not belong in our sport. Does it shock me? Absolutely not. Which is unfortunate, but this does not belong in the sport that I love. This does not belong in today's society. This does not belong in this game and in any in any situation at all. We do not. Okay, so, yeah, I agree with you. And this doesn't surprise me because it is Ukraine. And no, it doesn't surprise it's, me because it's hockey. That's why that's why it doesn't surprise me. No, like it did this. If it, this was hockey and some other like more, I don't know, more developed, but more like prominent leagues, I'd be more surprised. But this is a Ukrainian hockey league. I didn't really know it existed until now. Um and I wasn't surprised. It's if you go to these countries in the Eastern Europe, racism is there is it's and most people are racist there. And like, that's just how they live their lives. And they don't really look at race and stuff like that. So they just have those kind of gestures. I'm not saying that that validates his actions or whatever. I'm just saying that in those countries, being a pers black person or a person of color is more exotic than because it's mostly white people there in, in those countries so it's kind of just like not normal i guess and I, 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 no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting no i get i get what you're saying i hope other, yeah. i hope other people do but like we do not we do not excuse this but what's what's yes. just the, it's just the fact that like we we live in that we live in that world as two eastern european you know people where yeah. you know we are unfortunately our grandparents uh and probably their parent, grandparents were are you know can at some point be say racist things and do racist actions and i and you know we try to 
try to teach them. But unfortunately, those those individuals tend to live their lives that way, which is unfortunate. And I hope to but, I hope to I guess. But it's also like the time they were raised and just the, the way they've been raised is like they they, they just and they it's unfortunate and just yeah, it's it, there's some things that you can't change and some people's minds you can't change. Um, but that him doing it so blatantly and so just in front of everyone is disgusting. And the fact that he just the fact that he looked him straight in the eye and it just gross, yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah that's disgusting. <sighs> All right, hold um, on. All right, bad transition. Bad transition. Bad transition. Yeah, it's God. I hate these goddamn transitions when you have to go from a serious topic to like a very not so serious topic. So the Thrashers um, documentary. Um, fights and penalties the untold is on netflix if you guys want to go watch it um, we're going to be talking about it um so from a hockey fan's perspective it's really entertaining actually no for just like a general, 90 minutes from a general like documentary sense it's wall-to-wall action and just entertainment and it's great the way everything kind of shakes out in the documentary isn't so great, but they kind of left it on a happy note, it, which it most left documentaries me, don't do that. It left me, it left me happy. Like it left me entertained. So yeah. what's the main point of the, of this thing. So the main story is some guy who is allegedly the real Tony Soprano, an actual real Bob boss, bought yeah. his 17 year old son, a hockey team in the and the, uh, I, I can't remember what league it was, but it, it was like the United US, States Hockey League. I think it was USHL. Yeah, USHL, was yeah. USHL. And the yeah. United States Hockey League in Dansbury, Connecticut, and called their team the Trashers because he read a trash company. Oh, my God. Was this thing balls to the walls amazing. So, yep. and their main thing... Their main thing was, was we're going to beat the snot out of you every single game and win. But mm-hmm. when this, this, this uh, documentary, it had me, it had me uh, entertained when the first player they announced was Brent Gretzky as their captain for the brand recognition. Yep. Dude. So, okay. So this manager's, uh, the owner's son, he's 17. This guy had his head on his shoulders at 17. He knew what was good. Yo, he was a great GM. Yeah, he was a great GM. He's like, I just want a player that can score and beat the shit out of you. And he got exactly that. And he just destroyed all these other teams. He was awesome. All these games that they recorded or watched, or like like they showed in the documentary, looked so entertaining to go to. They brought life to the city. They brought a team to the city. They brought like awareness to this league. And just he's like, I need to get Gretzky. And I'm like, Wayne oh, Gretzky wait, is what? never, never gonna play for your team. And then he just goes, Brent Gretzky, and then presents him, and it's great. It was so entertaining and just like for him to have the creativity. That's so smart for the brand Gretzky. Yeah. <laughs> Just to bring the Renner's position. And then the commissioner, he he was another tool. character in that thing. What a tool. Yeah, like he's like, he's like, I can't let you guys do this to like a mob boss, to his hench to his henchmen that look like a serial killer and that would probably kill you. Um 
and he just he's like you I you guys can't do this. There's no there's too much fighting in this league. This doesn't belong there's, in my this doesn't belong this in the sport. Belong, like, this doesn't belong then, in my game. Shut up. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. And then he's talking to like the the mob boss. Yeah, his his two sidekicks that look like they're like that could kill you. And then he's like, he's like, he's like so serious about it. And he does not look like a, like, he just, he just, he he's doesn't intimidating look intimidating. Guy. Everyone else is an intimidating guy. All the mafia guys, all the things. The head that guy dude with the, the cigar? U- USHL. Yeah. Wasn't he, I think it was like the trainer. He literally, he was a cartoon, this man. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like. He would take. You know, take. So run cold water. He would give like th- uh, three towels for the entire team. He'd oh, that's what the for the bench. for the opposing for the opposing, yeah, the team, opposing team. He yeah. would like only put cold, only have them cold, cold water for their showers. He'd give them towels for towels. Yep. <laughs> it like it was only just to throw them off and get them upset heading into the game, so that they wouldn't play them well, so they wouldn't play yeah. the right way, which is yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah, it was. Guys, just go watch. If you haven't oh my watched God. it, go, go watch, watch it. it. It's so good. Um, the way the series, the whole, the way that everything kind of ends is kind of a, a like on a sad, not sad note, actually surprisingly happy note. Um, there are thrasher fa- or trasher fans that are still there and still want their team back. And they always meet this one year and they always came together and like, it was kind of cool of how they ended things. Um, so the mob buzz like goes to prison and then his son goes and starts something else new. He starts a boxing gym and like, that's his thing from now on because team wasn't his, it was his father's and the way they put together a team or that, that son did, he was probably, a, he, 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 hockey wise, he was, Every team would have hired him if it wasn't with the mafia connections. Exactly. Of how to build a team, and uh, they built an entertainment team, and that that um, commissioner was kind of a coward. He just ends up folding and then joins like the 102 section. Yeah. And like goes to ev- all their events and like all their things, and um, yeah, that was a wild. Oh my god. It's Wild a great doc. It's a great documentary. Honestly, if you love hockey or if you just love great documentaries, oh, it's great. My favorite yeah. part was towards the end they brought this. It showed that they brought in like like Mike Rupp, like, uh, like Mike Rupp from the uh, from the NHL during the lockout. And the amount of times that I've watched this, and I went, I knew that guy. I knew. That guy. And then Mike Rupp comes in, who I watched, who I watched literally like with the Flyers and Rangers, and went, Mike Rupp. Are you kidding me? There, yeah. were, there were yeah. shockingly a lot of NHL or hockey players there that I remembered. Yeah, and they all got and then paid Mike cash. Rupp, yeah, all under the table and cash thing. And then they, they, so uh, the mafia guy, he he hired them at, in his like four businesses. So his wife, their wives were working in four different locations at the same time and getting paid from each location while they actually weren't working at any of the locations. Oh, my God. It was great. It was great. And duffel bags full of cash and envelopes full of cash. So it was, like, straight out of a mafia movie. Just it's like literally – it felt like – I felt like I was watching, like, The Godfather just, or Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, um, I, unfortunately, probably need to go soon, so we probably have to wrap yeah. this up. So 
go watch the series. It's so great. Um, it's funny how uh, people uh, recognize Michael Rupp. As Mike Rupp, he's like, Yo, the, love you on the trashers, from, man. Mike Rupp's from yeah, the Stanley Cup winning trashers. ball. <laughs> down down the street from, from where Connecticut or wherever they were playing. And he's like, Oh, I get recognized because of the trashers. Like, and he's like, he's You do know I want a Stanley Cup winning goal. And no, that's not important because you just played for the trashers, and that was great. Um, oh. it does end on a happy note. The father, son, they reconnect. They reconnect with their fans from Section 102, I think that's what it was mm-hmm. called. Um, but yeah, great documentary all around. I I kind of want to see more of these kind of doc- hockey documentaries because there aren't much many of them that are actually like this entertaining and this good. Um, so preseason game tonight. We'll see how it goes with Montreal in Montreal. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week, Monday. Once the season starts, we'll try to get two episodes in a week. We'll still see how that goes. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Check us out on all the thing. Recommend us to a friend. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.